Welcome to episode three of the Better Boating Podcast. This is Captain B. Just want to thank you guys for listening. Want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring us. I know that my recordings have been not on a timely basis, but the goal is to get one out once a week. Uh, Starting this week, we're going to talk a little bit about anchoring. Types of anchors, why you would use different types of anchors, your setup for the anchor, kind of what to do, what not to do, and typical problems that most people have when they are anchoring their boat or their vessel. So let's dig in. If you think about it, one of the easiest ways to get in trouble on a boat is anchoring, either anchoring wrong, anchoring incorrectly, or just not anchoring at all. And today with all these boats and everybody on the water with many more people getting into the marine lifestyle, there's a lot of problems with anchoring. Uh, This weekend, I could tell you, for example, we're out on the island at the sandbar. And where we are in Florida, we have a lot of sandbars out there, a lot of different islands and, and different areas where everyone likes to post up, have a couple of drinks. And it leads to a lot of problems. Kind of first of all, when people anchor here in Florida, one thing that we do differently than some other areas is we don't just drive the boat onto the sand and throw out your your stern anchor. The way that most people anchor here is they actually anchor with their bow out. So they back down to the island, hop off the boat, and throw out another anchor. And it's sometimes comical watching people trying to figure out with the tides and the the waves and the wind to figure out how they're actually going to set their anchor. And there's a lot of mistakes that happen when people do anchor in these areas. For one, they might have the wrong anchor for the bottom that they're anchoring in. So it could be either a claw anchor or a delta anchor or a Danforth or a mushroom or a grapnel anchor, or they can have power poles or they can have a windlass many different ways that people are actually using or able to anchor their boat while they are backing down into a island or a sandbar. But traditionally what we do here in the Florida area outside of Tampa is most people when they're coming into their sandbar or their island of choice to have a day of hanging out and swimming in the water is they set up at the anchor or they set up at the island spin the boat around, they drop their bow anchor. And when I say drop, I definitely mean drop. You don't want to throw your bow anchor because that gives it chances that it can tangle up and not really set on the bottom correctly. So when you lower or drop your anchor into the water and then you back down. Where this has problems is when people are backing down on the island, They're not taking into consideration the tide. They're not taking into consideration the actual wind. Or they're actually not taking into consideration where other people's anchors are. And this is what we see multiple times out here in any busy island is that people are either backing over other people's anchors or they are not letting out enough scope based off of the environment with the wind or they just don't have enough chain on their anchor, or they have the wrong anchor for the actual bottom that they're anchoring on. So let's talk specifically this weekend of what we were doing. So myself, we have a center console, 26 foot center console. 
we realized that we want to go to the island, did a little bit of fishing, and we want to back down on the island. So traditionally, I have myself or my first mate or my wife, depending who is on the boat at the time, to set out the bow anchor. Now, I do not have a windlass on the vessel that we were on. So we basically pull it out of the anchor hatch, lay it down, back down with one, you know, with someone making sure that they're they're looking every way around, making sure their their bow anchor is catching on the bottom, making sure that they don't just throw the anchor so it doesn't get caught or tangled on the chain. We back down, we do one half cinch around the bow cleat as we're taking in consideration the wind and the current and the waves. So what we did is we we realized that we wanted to to park on the or anchor on the east side of the island. So we set up perpendicular to the island. We lowered our bow anchor with about 60 feet of line that we wanted to let out. Just the way we had enough line out there for when the tide does come out that we can keep adjusting the boat. Now on this specific vessel, I do have two eight foot power pole blades. So that makes it very easy when we are actually anchoring at the sandbar. So the way that we set up, we lower the anchor down, we back down into the island. So now the current was flowing from left to right. So as we're backing down, we're trying to go into the current because we know once we let go of the power, the wind or the current is going to take us to where it's going to push us. So we don't want to be set up incorrectly and backing into or hitting another boat. So as we're backing down, we're letting out line. We're backing into the current. We have a boat maybe 20 feet to our left, another boat to our right. So you really got to split the difference and judge accordingly. So we back in conveniently on this boat because we do have power poles and we're about two feet of water now. So we back in from 10 feet, backing down to about two feet of water. And what we end up doing is lowering our power poles. This puts us in position. We tilt the motor up, turn it off. And normally myself or the first mate will actually get into the water, which is about two feet of water. Now, I never fully trust the power poles when we are at an island. It is a great way to set up. It is a great way to hold yourself in place, but it is not the perfect anchor for a busy island because the last thing you want is that the power pole skipping and then you see your boat start sliding out into the ocean or the gulf. And trust me, I've done that before. You don't want to have that happen. Luckily, I did it on a day that there was only ourselves on the island and my children and I had to swim out to the boat because the rockiness of the waves lifted the power poles and it skipped from right to left and swung out with the scope of the swing ratio of the boat and had to swing out and get it. So definitely a lesson learned there. So don't make this problem or don't do this. Learn from what I did and and what we didn't do correctly. So now as we're backing down to the island, like I said before, we have a boat to our left. It's about 20 feet out. We have a boat to our starboard about another 30 feet. So we want to make sure that we are headed towards the port side boat, backing towards it, because once we power off, we are gonna shift from left to right, report to starboard a little bit based off of the way the tide was flowing. Now I set my power poles down, I get out of the boat, motors off, motors tilted up, my boat can float 
draft is about 15 inches. So I'm in about two feet of water and we know the tide is going out. So where I'm right now, we'll end up getting a little bit lower. It, it'll sink and we'll be in about 10 inches of water. So I have to keep adjusting the boat forward from towards the bow to make sure that we have enough water to float. And we're not hitting the bottom. So with the power poles, it does make it super easy. Drop those down by a push of a button, holds me in place. I jump out, grab the stern anchor out of the stern, starboard stern box, pull the anchor out, it has about six feet of chain. It is a traditional Danforth style anchor. It's actually a Fortress GX5. Put that, tie that off to the, the starboard cleat, and then I walk the boat back. I lift the power poles, and then now I use my stern anchor to secure me. So now if you are thinking, if the island is running from left to right, and my boat is parked perfectly perpendicular with a bow anchor, which is a Danforth style anchor that has settled into the grass because it is a grassy area that comes out in the sand area, and that's in about 10 feet of water. I have about 60 feet of maybe about 50 feet of scope out just so that I could keep moving myself forward. On this boat, we have actually 16 feet of chain, a little extra amount of chain because of that anchor up front is so light. So I want to have that extra chain to really keep us on the bottom and a holding power. Off the back, we have about 20 feet with six feet of chain to another Danforth style, a very light aluminum fortress anchor that is sitting back there. So now the boat is secure. No matter how many waves we get, no matter how much wind changes, how many boats come by, how many people park next to us, or the kids are pulling on the anchor lines, either the bow or the stern, this vessel is in place and will not move. Now, necessity for when you're anchoring at an island with other boats around, to make sure you have plenty of chain out there, plenty of scope, as well as a quality style anchor. So a lot of the bigger boats that we see out there and a lot of the boats that come from the factory come with the delta anchors, kind of like a plowish type anchor. These are the ones that you normally see on your bigger boats that have a windlass. Now these are great, they dig in well, but if you don't have enough chain or you have too little of scope out for the size of your boat, when you get these random rainstorms that come through in 20 minutes in Florida with 30 mile an hour winds, that boat's not gonna hold. And if you don't have a stern anchor, you're just going to have a swing ratio that's going to be hitting in other boats. I've seen it happen multiple times. I've seen people come in and literally just throw their bow anchor out off after they come to a complete stop towards the island. And they throw out their stern anchor and then they just pull tight. So they maybe have 20 feet of road out on either end. And when that wind picks up or the waves pick up, that boat is moving and hitting other boats. It is, it's terrible to see. You could definitely tell if someone doesn't really know what they're doing based off of their anchoring habits. But when you're in an area and, and you know you're going to be at an area for a long time, you got to make sure that you set up correctly so that you can adjust your anchors based off of the ebbs and flow of the tide. You want to make sure if the tide's going out that you have plenty of scope out there so that you can keep cinching your boat and keep pushing it out to be in deeper water. Or if you have... Make sure that you have plenty of scope on your line so that if the tide's coming up, so that way that by the time you set and two hours later, if you're out there having a great time with family and friends and enjoying the nature, 
as the way we're supposed to and some grounding effects from the sand, you got to make sure that you have enough scope on your boat so that you can keep walking your boat back. A lot of times in Florida, what you hear us say is we are checking the anchor. So it's a twofold. You are actually checking the anchor, making sure you have enough water for your boat to float, as well as a lot of people uh, will walk out to the water to check their anchor and just use the uh, facilities out there to pee in the water. Most people do it. We all say we don't, but just like a swimming pool, a lot of people are peeing in the water. But now we got the boat set. We got the boat anchored. So now we can enjoy a great day on the water. So today we'll talk about anchoring at a sandbar. Next week, we'll talk about anchoring at while you're fishing and how you set up for when you're trying to fish a wreck or you're inshore fishing, some of the different types of anchors that we have and the different scenarios of why I would use those individual anchors. But for today, we just want to talk about anchoring at the sandbar. So that way you get out there, you enjoy your time, and you're not as freaked out as possible. Because one of the problems that we see when we are anchoring at an island with a bunch of different people at the island is that practice makes perfect. The more times you put yourself in that scenario to anchor correctly, the less chance you have of either backing down someone's anchor rope and and cutting their rope, I've seen it a few times, or hitting another boat, or not realizing that the wind or the tide or the the other boat's waves are gonna push you to another area. So really, when you are setting up to anchor, you need to figure out where your drift is. Easy way to do it, and when I work with my clients and we're hands-on on the boat, what I tell them to do is, you know, your first setup, you look at the way the other boats If you're not the first one on the island, look at the other boats. Which way is their anchor pointed? And now you know that you want to set up in a very similar direction. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just copy what the others are doing. But you also know how to do it enough so that you feel comfortable that when you back down, that you can actually park your boat, that you can actually enjoy and not be freaked out the entire time because you're nervous of hitting somebody. So definitely practice, practice, practice. You can do it in open water and some shallower water just to see how your boat maneuvers. Now, if you have twin throttles, it's a lot easier because you could kind of spin that boat on its own. If you have a joystick, a lot of these new boats are coming. You can kind of hold yourself in place and kind of fight the current in the wind that way. So much easier to do it. Just make sure that you don't have your motors down too far, that you're hitting the sand as you're backing in or, or hitting the actual grass or someone else's anchor line backing down. But, you know, with a joystick, if you do get caught, the way I teach our our people on our boats and our clients is that if you are backing down with a joystick and you're at the island, just hold yourself in place. Let go of the joystick. It'll lock you in that place, hold you in that direction, so that we kind of collect your bearings and make sure you know where you're at. Now, you don't have that joystick. You just have dual throttles. You can back it down. And as you're backing in, slightly raise your motors. Make sure that you have your stern anchor ready to go. Have someone ready either to toss it or maybe you have a friend at the island that can hold your boat with motors off to make sure everybody is safe. Make sure everybody is good. So that way you can get back in there and anchor correctly so that you can have a great day on the island. So now we are anchored. We've had a great day. Now we know the island is full of people. Now it's time to leave. So how do we do that? Best way to do it, especially when you're there, as I said before, what we do with our clients is we go out midweek, make sure no one else is at the island. We try to pick the island of their choice. We anchor on different parts of the island based off of availability. And we practice, practice, practice. 
we set it up, we lay the bow anchor down, we back down, we make sure that we tie off the cleat. If our clients have power poles or they're on one of our boats with power poles, we lower the power poles, we jump in the water, make sure the motor's off, make sure it's in neutral, make sure it's tilted up, tie off the stern anchor, depending on starboard or port side, based off of which way the current is. You wanna tie it towards the current, so that way it's easier with leverage to make sure your boat is cinched back and safe. But now when we're leaving, we teach a little bit differently. We do know that once you pick up your stern anchor, either power poles or your stern anchor, it is going to drift. It is gonna swing out. Once we let go, you think about it, you have 50 feet of line out, you have the wind or you have the current, whichever one's stronger, it's gonna push you like a big sail or push you like a boat down river based off of which way either the current or the wind is pushing you. So, if, you know, not that big of a deal if you're the only boat on the island, but think of this, if you have three or four other boats out there and you have about 20 feet to your starboard side and 20 feet to your port side, you don't have enough room to make sure that there is a swing ratio. So there's a lot of things we can do here. Now, if you have other people on your boat, you can give everybody a job. That way you can be up on the bow or you can be at the helm or you could be at the stern. The way I like to teach it, if you're, I teach it different ways, but if you're on the boat by yourself, you really gotta have your plan in place. So the way I teach it is you got everything ready, you trim down your motor a little bit, make sure that you're good. Don't have your motor on yet, keep it off. Now think about which way your boat's gonna swing. So if you know your boat is gonna swing to the port side or the starboard side, make sure you are aware of that. So I think a couple steps ahead. So you're gonna pull that anchor, you're gonna safely walk it up to the, the stern of your boat, lay it somewhere safe, hop on the boat. Now, right now I'll tilt your motor down, turn the motor on, make sure the rope is clear, just keep it in neutral. Now, if you do not have a, uh, a winch on the front of your boat, a windlass to pull up the anchor and you gotta do it by hand, now your boat is swinging to whichever way the actual tide is pushing it or your wind is pushing it. So you wanna act accordingly. So safely, under control, you walk yourself to the bow of the boat, you start pulling your boat in to the anchor. Now, you wanna do it quickly enough to get out of the swing ratio of the boats to your starboard and your port side, but you wanna make sure you're safe. So as you pull up, you get your anchor. So if you have 30 feet out, 40 feet out, you should pull yourself close to it. You should be outside of the swing ratio at that point so that you can't swing into another boat. You should be clear of their anchor lines. Now your, your motor is on, it is in neutral. You're at the bow. You get to the chain, grab your boat, grab your anchor, get it up on board. Now, assess the situation quickly, make sure you're safe. What I like to teach is don't stow your anchor right away. Get it up on the bow, leave it there, go back to your controls, to your helm station, power out to your safe, put it back in neutral, and now set and secure your, your bow anchor and your stern anchor making sure you're aware of your surroundings so that you don't float, drift, swing into someone else. Now everything's secure, everything is good. Make sure you adjust your motor, the tilt trim for the way your boat likes to have it so you get up on plane quickly and then you head back to the dock.
Now it seems simple, it seems easy, it seems common, common sense, kind of straightforward, but I can tell you most people's problems are anchoring and heading back to the dock. So if you can practice, 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 practice makes perfect. That's why you have professional athletes out there perfecting their craft. What we do here at Better Boating Services is we make sure that you are perfecting your craft as a mariner on the water. So this is something that we do over and over and over again with our clients that come out. A lot of times we like to work with both the husband and the wife. You could come up with some common hand signals or you can yell at the person, which never goes over great, but you definitely want to have communication. Now, if you are pulling this anchor and you're ready to go and you have mates on board or you have a a spouse or a friend or a loved one or someone brand new on the boat that you want to help them out and work together, you want to be very specific what you ask that person to do. So either you have them pull the stern anchor, hop on the boat, and then you get up to the front, or you pull the stern anchor, have them hold the boat in place with a smaller craft, very different when we're looking at a bigger boat, a 40-foot boat. What I'm talking about here is your your smaller, kind of your your day boats, your your bay runners, your smaller center consoles up to 26, 27 feet, you know, down to a dinghy. All the same practice. Comes a different practice when you're on a big, big boat. And we'll talk about that in later episodes. But right now we're talking about a 26-foot center console with T-top, with two power poles. Easiest way to get in and out when you're anchoring. But you have somebody on board. Easiest way to do it, as I said, is you make sure that person's at the bow or you have them at the stern, however you like to do it. I teach both ways, whatever the person's more comfortable about. The way I like to do it is have somebody at the bow because I can make sure that the stern is good, motor's good, I'm at the helm, and I could give them a little bit of extra ease of pulling the boat in by just slightly in and out of neutral, powering up, in and out of gear, just to give them that little bit to take the pressure off them pulling, especially if it's a smaller person or your wife, or someone that is not as familiar with boats, and all you're telling them to do is pull the line and track the line. When you get to the actual chain, then you can give a little bit more instruction, making sure that they have everything up, and then making sure, you know, what I tell my kids all the time is don't put the chain on the boat. Because the last thing you want to do is drag that chain across your boat. Now, you could set it down and let it there for a minute or two, but or, you know, 10 minutes, but you don't want to drag the chain. No one likes having the chain marks. And another tip that I'll give out is you never, especially a newbie on the boat, is you don't want to drag the dirt or the sand or the gravel or the grass on the bow of the boat. That will drive your captain crazy. It'll make you have extra cleanup. Just dip your anchor down a couple times. If you do have a windlass, you just you know lower it and raise it a few times to get the rest of the dirt off before it sits in place and you lock that windlass down. But very simple, very easy to confuse, very easy to cause a problem, very easy to get in trouble. But what I can tell you, it's practice. Practice, practice, practice. To simplify, today we talked a little bit about anchoring at a sandbar or an island when you are not just driving bow in and throwing out your stern anchor. This is using the two anchor technique. You're using a bow anchor, dropping it down, backing into whichever is stronger, the wind or the current, because you know that once you stop backing down, you're going to swing out, getting off the boat safely or using power poles to hold yourself in place, and then securing the stern anchor 
into the wind or the current, whichever is stronger. And making sure that your bow anchor is taut, it's tight, it's held. You didn't throw it, you laid it down so it actually catches on the ground. And then keeping your boat tight. So realistically, it almost kind of looks like a bow and arrow. You have a string out, another string out in the back, and that boat is holding in place. So depending on which way the wind or the current is pushing the boat, if we have a port to starboard side current or wind pushing the boat that way, then you should see kind of a little bit of a crescent shape, but you want to get it taut. So that way the boat doesn't get beat up out there, making sure you're deep enough and making sure that stern anchor, this is crucial, making sure that stern ankle, stern anchor, not ankle. You want to be in ankle deep water, but you don't want that stern ankle, but you want that stern anchor to make sure that it is on the direction, the side, port or starboard, where the wind or the current is coming from. Because you don't want to have it pushed on the opposite side because then it gives you too much of a swing ratio based off of where you're at. So you want to put it on that side where the wind or the current is pushing from, and then you want to pull it taut, as tight as you can get it, making sure your, your bow anchor is in place, lock that down, and then you enjoy yourself have a great day on the island. So I know we talked a little bit quickly, a little bit fast, but what I can tell you, practice, practice, practice. Uh, if you are in the Tampa area, if you are in Florida, we do travel throughout the state. Take a look at us at betterboatingservices.com. We can definitely work with you on your boat to make sure that we put you at ease so that when you do have a great day on the water, you do have a relaxing day on the water then more importantly, you're safe on the water for yourself and your family and for others that are out there. But that is anchoring. That is using two anchors, a bow anchor, a stern anchor, size correctly for your boat. We'll get into sizes later on. Just want to talk to you a little bit about what we did this weekend and how we make it safe on the water. But I will tell you one, one story, and I'll call it this week's boating blunder of the week, and uh, it's an anchoring story. So we just got new boat, dual power poles. I'm out there with my kids. My kids are at the point at that time, they're probably 10 and maybe eight, maybe nine and maybe six, boy and girl. We get off the boat. I have my power poles down. There is no wind around. There is no waves. We're the only ones. It's a random Tuesday that I took off work to take the kids out on the new boat. Just kind of make sure everything is working well get some island time, get the kids kind of tired out, have a great, great day, some grounding, some seawater out here in Tampa. Specifically, we're at Three Worker, Three Worker Island off of Tarpon Springs. We take a walk around the island, and I learned that day to never, ever, 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 unless you're fishing and you have eyes on it, but never leave a boat unattended with a bow anchor out and just a power pole or dual power poles in the sand. Because what happened is as the day filled up and the wind picked up, the power poles will hold themselves in place. But once they start rocking and once they start moving, they basically skip. And they get to the point where if you're in three feet of water, your power poles are down and it skips. And now you're in three feet one, three feet two, three feet three. At some point as it skips and the waves move it, that boat and the wind and direction, it's going to start hopping. And it gets to the point where the power poles are no longer dug in. And guess what happens? That boat swings out. And now you have a swing ratio where depending on which way that current or the wind is pulling it, 
your boat is out at sea. At this point, we had about 50 feet of scope. We were at the island. Tide came up, pushed the boat out. It hopped out. And I probably had to swim about 85 to 90 feet to get on the boat, raise the power pole, pull the anchor while my children are on the island, and then reset up correctly, lift the power poles, put the stern anchor out. And that is one mistake, one boating blunder I'll never make again. So you learn from me, experience is our best way to learn, uh, or you hire a professional like us here at Better Boating Services. We're here to help, but the boating blunder, boating blunder for this week is do not leave a boat unattended with just the stern power poles out because that boat will float away and you will be swimming getting wet. Luckily, it was 85 degrees out here in Florida, but if it was a winter day or a blustery, windy day or a day that I just wasn't in the, in the best shape to be swimming, that could have been a problem. So thank you so much for episode three, all about anchoring at the island, backing down, throwing out your bow anchor, never throw out your bow anchor, laying down the anchor, and probably securing your stern to have a safe, enjoyable day on the water. Just want to thank you guys for listening. Appreciate your time. Appreciate being part of the travels of the voyage of Better Boating Podcast. And today was all about anchoring. Hope you enjoyed my, my boating blunder of the week for anchoring. Look forward to seeing you and talking to you soon. And anything you need from us, reach out to us at betterboatingservices.com, at betterboatingservices on your social media favorites, either Instagram or Facebook, as well as our sponsor. I want to thank them today, Ancloat Charters, A-N-C-L-O-T-E, charters.com. They are the sponsors of today's podcast, all about anchoring, and they take care of all of your charter needs from fishing, from eco tours, from island tours, from boat time to spear fishing, scuba diving, whatever you need, Ancloat Charters has you in the Tampa Bay area. And based off of their website, they were voted number one family charter in Tampa Bay. What makes Ancloat Charters different is they actually cater to families. They have a very comfortable boat. You catch fish, you don't catch fish. Mom or dad can have a luxurious time sitting on the bow safely on a cushioned sit back seat so that their legs are up and not just on, you know, a beat up fishing boat. So the children will have a great day. They'll learn how to fish. They'll learn about the waterways, learn about protecting their environment, as well as catching fish, having fun, being safe. And if they want to catch a fish or two and catch bait and learn about bait or just go shelling on the island, we do it all. Thank you. Have a great day and enjoy your time on the water.